One guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love on Radio Glamorgan. My guest today is the host of the Thursday evening show here on Radio Glamorgan, Rob Jones. And we'll hear from him after his first choice, which is from The Damned. This is New Rose. I got a feeling inside of me. It's kind of strange, like a stormy sea. I don't know why, I don't know why. I guess these things have got to be. Welcome to Music Was My First Love, Rob. How are you doing? Oh, not so bad, mate. And yourself? Good, yeah, good, thank you. Tell us about your first choice, New Rose, yep. from one of the more commercially successful bands of the punk era, I think. Yeah, The Damned have had a notoriously rough ride, really. The reason I chose them to start it off with is that I'm painfully aware that my reputation on Radio Glamorgan is I play this earth's kind of shattering music on a Thursday night. <laughs> uh, there's no light and grey, you know, it's a, a light and shade in my programmes. Yeah. So I've tried to steer away from just having 10 tracks which make your ears bleed. But I thought I couldn't start with anything other than something loud and shouty. And I guess it harks back to the fact that, I know this is difficult to believe, uh, Andrew, but I was quite young. When I was young, I was quite shy and introverted. It's, I don't believe it. <laughs> and um, in 1979, when I just started working for the first time, I got some money, which I hadn't had previously. And uh, I'd always loved punk since it started a couple of years previously, but I didn't really have the money to do anything about it. So um, on the, uh, I've even got it written down, the 3rd of April 1979, wow. I went into a club in Cardiff called the Granny's Club, which uh, is not there. In fact, it was the last night of the Granny's Club <laughs> because of the behaviour of the damned. <laughs> and because uh, you walked in. Uh, well, no, well, maybe that's got something to do with it. But, uh, and uh, it's now part of the upstairs in the Prince of Wales Weatherspoon pub. So right, actually, when you go upstairs, that's part of the Granny's Club. And so it was kind of uh, Cardiff's premier punk club for want of a better word there was a bit of trepidation i went in i nagged one of my mates to come with me just for some backup and the damned were playing i often wondered if they'd been rubbish would i have bothered then to go in to so many live gigs but the weird thing is that obviously they were the first band i saw live they were brilliant i really enjoyed it 40 years later and well over 400 gigs passed since then the last band i saw live was the damned in blackpool oh, really? at rebellion festival because they closed out the last day so there's a bit of kind of synchronicity is that the right word yeah. i don't know about it all they kind of bookcased my career the what limited career there seems to be a theme that mm. wherever they play they close down well it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean they have got a reputation obviously one of their their as you said, they, they had Eloise, which was their, their big hit, yeah. but obviously that wasn't their song. It was just a cover version. Yeah. And they've had an open kind of re revolving door policy with members. So people have come in and come out and, got, and come back as well. Um, and they've got a fairly stable lineup at the moment. They've got a, a hardcore of supporters who more or less buy everything, myself included. I, don't, I think their halcyon days of ever getting on, well, there's no top of the pops now no. if we're getting on anything like that. Yeah, so I thought, well, if I'm going to start, I'm going to start with a bang. And as they were the first band I saw live, Best as I say, co coincidentally, they were the last band, I thought, well, I'll go over the damn then. So. Is the captain still with him? He is captain sensible. He's been, obviously, he had um, a number one single yeah. in his own right with Happy Talk, and he left the band then. So um, he didn't rejoin for about another 10 years. Paul Gray, who lives locally... And he's a very nice bloke. I've met him a couple of times, very accommodating and a personable guy. He's rejoined after about 30 years because their bass player left. Right. So they've always had a, a strong connection with Wales. Bryn Merrick, sadly, is no longer with us. He was a bass player on Eloise. Roman Jug, 
he was another guy who kind of flitted in and out. He was Welsh as well, or at least lived in Wales. Uh, they always seemed to take in uh, Cardiff or, or this area on their tours, which is more than can be said for a lot of bands. Yeah. So, from that point of view, I thought, well, if I'm going to start, I'm going to go big or go home. Best so I'm going to go yeah. with the down, to be honest. Well, I like, when I'm broadcasting, I like to have my headphones turned up loud. So I yeah. just turn <laughs> the down a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, you've been, Rob, you've been a volunteer with Radio Glamorgan since 2015. How, uh, how did your involvement first come up? Well, I, I kind of made a mini bucket list. I decided that uh, I was to, it was better to kind of wear out and rust out, yeah. which is what I was doing, stagnated. And the two things I fancied having a go at were, was being a film extra, where you basically just stand in the background and then you can say at some point in the future, I was in a film with Brad yeah. Pitt or something. That sadly didn't take off, <laughs> probably because they took one look at a picture of me and thought, no thanks. And the other one was, I thought I fancied having a go at radio. And so it was just by chance, I saw something for Radio Glamorgan, uh, just applied, came along to a taster evening. That mm -hmm. didn't put me off. And then I was allocated Ian Edwards as my kind of mentor. Yeah. And he's good as gold. We're both fairly uh, kind of IT illiterate or, or technology illiterate. So we're on, we're on a par of the limited <laughs> stuff I can do on, on, on the, the control board. But um, he looked after me. And then after about six months of pretty intensive training, I hasten to add, I was fortunate enough to be given my own show. So I alternate with Ian every yeah. other week. He's a, a very much into soul music. And I'm not. <laughs> no. Well, it's a good. I mean, we'll talk about the show yeah. after, but, but yeah. it's a good mix every other. Yeah, week. definitely. You've got your soul, definitely. and you've got your yeah. You turn the volume down. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, your next choice is a classic song from a uh, classic band T Rex. Yeah. Very difficult band they would have thought to pigeonhole because to look at Mark Bolin, they they were glam rock, but mm. musically were they? I think well, they hadn't been because when they started, he was very much a hippie yeah. with Tyrann uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex and um, Dandy in the Underworld and Deborah. But that was before my time. The reason that I've kind of picked him is because when I was in my early teens, probably 13-ish, I got my first record player. I'll mention that later on for another pick. But I was starting to get interested in music in general. And for whatever reason, I like glam rock, maybe because it upset my parents, the way <laughs> they looked. I'm not sure necessarily some of the people who were doing it carried eyeliner off particularly well i yeah. meant the sweet or something yeah. like that mark bolan was such a good looking bloke that he could kind of get away with being a bit foppish but he backed it up with some cracking records as well and so the first record i ever bought was telegram sam and i did think about playing that 50p in ray diffusion in panath yeah. they saved up but actually this was the second one i bought and I just played it to death. Obviously, back in the day, seven-inch single, yeah. just pick up the needle and start again and just played it and played it and played it. So I thought, of the two, representing T-Rex, I'd go for Metal Guru. But sadly, I never saw him play live. And by the yeah. time I started going to gigs, he'd unfortunately yeah. gone to another place. So, But he, weirdly, gave The Damned their first break on tour. Really? His last tour yeah. was supported by The Damned. So he kind of had a nod towards punk in uh, in his latter years, but... Sadly, with his Axis car accident yeah. by, I think, 77. Yeah, about that. Yes, yeah. same year as Elvis. I'm yeah. sure it was the same year yeah. as Elvis. Yeah, um, he was sadly gone, so I never got the chance to see him live in the It's amazing to think, Rob, that it's it's over 40 years since punk rock really hit its peak, yeah, uh, both yeah. musically and in fashion. Were you always a punk rock fan, or, or and did you dress to impress? I was, uh, well, I had a slight kind of um, problem as I was working in a bank. <laughs> so um, it was somewhat different, uh, difficult to go into uh, to work with a safety pin in a year. Uh, yes. Uh, but at night, I bought a jacket, a suit jacket from Oxfam. 
and I poured Tipex over it, <laughs> and I wrote, and I had I had badges down one side, one lapel. So I used to wear that to gigs, thinking I was really revolutionary. But I'm sure I was laughed at behind my back. But um, uh, yeah, I've always kind of followed it. I suppose I should have grown up along the way, but sadly I, I haven't. And I, and I think most of the choices here will, will show that really. I'm a bit of a one-trick pony when it comes to music. But from what you said before, it, it was because of that concert to see The Damned. That started me on going to see gigs live. Before then, I did my A-levels, and uh, that was 76, 77, so punk was breaking then. Yeah. And people who were a bit more in the know than me used to come to school and and, some, uh, and bring in something. And for the first time, I'd hear Talking Heads, Psycho Killer, or The Tubes, uh, or uh, these bands, you know, and, and The Clash and The Damned and uh, The Sex Pistols, obviously. Yeah. And that's what I just thought, I love this music. I, I do, I see, even now, I still get chills when I hear something for the first time in a while, you know. It just takes me back to that place when I was 17. Your third choice is from a punk band who didn't form until 2004, but have that 1977 punk style yeah. Towers of London tell me about Air Guitar the reason I picked it was it's off their first album Blood Sweat and Towers and um, if ever a band had the chance to be huge and shot themselves repeatedly in the foot oh, it was the Towers yeah. of London I mean basically they had their own TV series on Bravo and that's why a lot of people thought they were a joke band like Spinal Tap that yeah. so they didn't actually exist uh, then they had Donny Tourette who was their lead singer he went in the Big Brother house uh, with Jade Goody, he was in the same year as her, yeah, but he walked after three days. There was some petty squabble. Uh, they supported Guns N' Roses. They basically had the greatest chance, but they were always squabbling, either with themselves, the audience, the record label, journalists. So they did everything they could possibly do to make sure that they weren't liked. Um, <laughs> but I love their music, as you'll hear, as you quite rightly say, isn't it? it's, not, it's not kind of seismic change from anything else I've picked. But I saw them play in the Barfly. Do you remember the Barfly in town? No. Yeah, it's a small venue, very small. Had some of the greatest gigs in the mid-2000s seeing them play. And uh, their lead guitarist, Rev, who kind of carried the band musically, he left around 2007, and that was really the beginning of the end of them. He went on to be in The Prodigy then, so it shows how good he yeah. was. Um, but they were still going in 2009, so for my 50th birthday, I dragged my wife down to Southampton, and we went to a tiny little club called The Joiners, which is in the docks. You can imagine she enjoyed herself. And my daughter had actually sent them band a message oh. on their Facebook page. So at the end of the gig, I guess because I was so old compared to everybody else, they came out and said, are you Rob Jones? And I was kind of slightly taken aback. I said, no, your daughter said, you you're 50 today because it was my birthday so do you want to come backstage and they were as polite and as gentlemanly as you could possibly be given that my wife was there and a bit reticent to go anywhere yeah. near them so i've got i've always had a soft spot for them they reformed with the original lineup as we as of now they, they should be touring they've got a new album coming out uh, soon so hopefully i might get to see them but i can't imagine i'll relive those early those days no. they were just brilliant <laughs> Rob Jones's third choice on this edition yeah. of music was my first love, Towers of London yeah. and Air Guitar. Tell me about Thursday's show. When I started doing it, I suppose it's the same as us, uh, everybody who presents the show. You're sitting in a box, for those of you who don't know, underneath the stairs in uh, Heath Hospital. You have no idea if anybody's listening or not. No. Uh, and that uh, can be a blessing in disguise at times, but it can be quite disheartening. So I decided that I'd 
I needed to at least have any idea that there was anybody there. Um, so I made a conscious decision to have a theme every week. And what I tend to do is send that out to people I know who said to me in the past, I've listened to your show or I listened to it. Ask then for requests for the show based on that theme and any dedications for any loved ones they might have. So, for example, I've got in, oh, you can, as you can imagine, over four years, I've gone through virtually everything, starting with songs with numbers in them, yeah. you know, places, etc., etc. And uh, it's just, uh, I'm doing occupations, so songs with occupations. Sometimes you think, oh, there's not going to be many, really, but actually, when you put your mind to it, as long as you can, you know, you've got lyrics, as opposed to just the names of the song, it's fairly unlimited, really. Yeah, to well, be the honest. one that springs to mind is the tax man. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, well, it's, it, that's so. That's what I've done, really. So I've got. Uh, I'm very lucky in that I've got a loyal band, small loyal band. Well, listen, the the show, <laughs> Rob, has a massive following because when I come in two days after you, there are always emails from listeners commenting on yeah. tracks that you played. Yeah, sitting in the not inbox. necessarily good emails, Andrew. Well, <laughs> No, I, I try to have a, I try to have a bit of a joke with the listeners. I think we all do. Yeah. Otherwise, um, you've got to try and make people feel that that you know that they're they're wanted. For what sounds terribly cliche, doesn't it? Really, but um, so I try to to try try to position it where it's not too serious, really, and that's about me as well as everybody yeah. else. You know, I enjoy doing it. It's hard work. I'm sure you know that yeah. only too well. But it's rewarding thinking that, as uh, our secretary said when she left. Claire, for those who don't know, she said that basically if one person outside the booth hears a song and gets something from it while they're in the heath, then really that's our job done, Absolutely. isn't it? To be honest. Yeah. It, it's... As much as we're doing something we enjoy, it's not about you and me. No, absolutely not. No. No. Your fourth choice is mm. from a great and very influential band, XTC, yeah. and, and Making Plans for Nigel. Yeah, I kind of went for this, if I'm being honest, because I thought it was about time I played something that most people would know. <laughs> uh, and I, when I was at school, I see we all had bags, and in those days, I guess it's probably the same now. But you scroll the name of a band you liked on there, or yeah. a girl if you were lucky, but not in my case, because uh, I was a bit of a slow starter in that department. Uh, so the two bands I had on there were the Clash and XTC, and that was a good thing about punk at the beginning. It's been a bit pigeonholed now as to kind of one, two, three, four, Crash Bang Wallet. Yeah. Now back in the day, there were so many bands. It was really diverse, you know, but were still included under the umbrella. Ian Jury and the Blockheads, yeah. Wire, you know, all these bands, Talking Heads, I mentioned them before. Um, so they weren't all the Ramones and they weren't all the Damned. Um, and XTC, I got into just by sheer accident. I used to watch Magpie. Can you remember, I remember Magpie? Magpie, yeah. Yeah. Magpie was the ITV's Blue Peter, that wasn't it? It was the cooler Blue Peter, yeah. you're dead right. Yeah. And every Friday, they used to have a slot where they'd have a new band or artist on there. And I used to watch it, and some I liked and some I didn't like. And one week, this band came on. They're from Swindon, and they're four kind of geeky boys, one playing a, a, a synth or whatever it was called back in those days. The other guys on guitars and drums. They had just released their first EP, 3D EP it was called, and uh, they sounded so off the wall, jerky, kind of uh, just slightly eccentric, I suppose, and that was XTC, so I started buying their stuff there, I tracked down that, then they had the first two albums with a guy called Barry Andrews, who used to play this kind of very 
kind of jerky synth, that's all I can call it, I suppose. And then he had him falling out with the lead singer, who were usually the egotists in the band. Mm. And so he left. He went on to form Shriek Back. Do you remember yeah. that? No, they were not, they're kind of a more a soul band, I think. I'm not really sure. but uh, uh, And so they got in a, a new guy, a new guitarist, and they're their kind of sound changed a bit they came in a bit more commercial and their third album was drums and wires basically this is where this track comes from drums and wires but the funny thing was that going back to the magpie after i'd seen it and uh, they were wrapping up the show saying you know thank you you know for xtc for coming in boys and they were looking particularly pleased with themselves they said our oh, next week's artist new artist will be a female singer called kate bush I often wonder what ever happened to her, <laughs> you know. But, um, so um, the only thing, that's the sad thing about XTC was that Andy Partridge, who, as I say, was the lead singer in yeah. his band. Yeah. In 1981, out of nowhere, he got stage fright. So I, I was, remember reading that. Yeah. yeah. So I was fortunate back in 81, I saw their last British gig, although at the time we didn't know it, because no. they played in the top rank in Cardiff at the, as the last uh, stop on their Black Sea tour. And then they went over to Paris, and he was halfway through a gig in Paris, suddenly put down his guitar, walked off stage, and he's never been back. Wow. Yeah, so they still go, or they, they still record under the auspices yeah. of XTC, but it is only Andy Partridge. And he wrote this track, didn't he? Colin I think, yeah, because yeah. that was the bone of contention. There's a great documentary, This Is Pop, which is about the story of the band, everything that kind of went right and everything went wrong. Yeah. And the record label wanted Colin at the front of the band because he was the pretty boy yeah. whereas Andy Partridge was a bit wild and unkempt but it was Andy Partridge's band so there's always this kind of friction yeah. between the members but so I thought it's not my favourite track by XTC but I thought it was about time somebody could hear something they might know We're only making plans for Nigel your next choice, Rob, Avenues and Alleyways from American Punk Bad Rancid. Do the Americans do punk as well as um, uh, other than right, the Ramones? Right. Yeah, this is a can of worms, this is. Uh, <laughs> I'm a member of a number of Facebook groups that are old codgers like me, reminiscing about being young. This debate about where punk started comes up time and time again, and nobody is given an inch, I hasten to add here. I mean, the way I look at it is that the CBGB's, which was a nightclub in New York, and uh, it played all kinds of music, but got a reputation for being more rock orientated. They started at the careers of bands like the Ramones, Blondie, right, TV, uh, television, sorry, television. Um, Talking Heads, Heartbreakers, New York Dolls. Yes. Right. Now, this predated anything in Britain. At that time, we were still listening to the Bay City Rollers. Yeah. I think that it would be unkind to say that there certainly wasn't a scene in America. Whether it was punk is open to question, although largely the bands that I've just mentioned, you would say, have some affiliation with punk. Mm -hmm. And the Pistols apparently started their career in earnest, having seen the Ramones play at the Rainbow I can't answer that question. It's <laughs> the bottom line. I would say personally, I think the British did it better. Yeah. Maybe we had more to rebel against. It was a very yes. conservative uh, society we lived in then. And American, especially in New York, by and large, was a bit more liberal. Yeah. So they would, didn't make anywhere near the, the waves that British bands did over here and it was more also more about um the music in america because there was a fashion punk was a fashion yeah as well absolutely well in america they had to fight against disco which was huge yeah. 
And uh, in Britain, as you say, it's just well, obviously a small country. You can make waves by doing something. The tabloids pick up on it. You do something in New York, in LA, in those days, the chances were they didn't have a clue what was going no. on. So the music scene over here was more vibrant, I guess. People like Blondie actually came to Britain to kickstart their career, to yeah. then go back to America to become huge. I guess I will reserve judgment on who started it. I think what happened is by the mid-90s, punk in Britain had stagnated to, to a large degree. Britpop was kicking off, which was not dissimilar in a way. It was harking back to kind of rocks, rebels route, you know. But in America, especially around San Francisco, around the Bay Area, punk started to reignite in a big way, i.e. commercially. And I guess the one name that comes out of that is Green Day. Yeah. You know, because they, they take a lot of flack in the punk kind of community, if that's the right word, because they're successful, weirdly. Which begs the question, why wouldn't you yeah. want people to hear your songs? Was heavy metal the new wave an offshoot of punk? Well, new wave was definitely. New wave was almost like a dimming down of... Because the jam were new wave. Yeah, I mean, the jam, well, the jam started or, or were gigging in the punk scene, but uh, I don't think they felt comfortable... They certainly didn't dress like no. them. I think it could well be that they were just banded in, as a lot of bands were. Susan the Banshees, yeah. you know, bands that as Ian Dewey mentioned before, not really a punk band as you would imagine them, but they probably used it to their own ends mm. to get publicity. But obviously, by the late seventies, the mod scene had kicked off in Britain. Yeah. Secret Affair, yeah. you know, bands like that. The Jam were at the forefront of that, whether they liked it or not because of the way they looked. I don't know. It's 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 kind of a weird scenario, but the 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 reason I picked Rancid is that uh, of all the bands, I I did toy with Green Day. Uh, I do like Green Day. Mm. Uh, I've seen them a number of times in concert and they are excellent. They are very commercial now and and but there we are. That's just the way it is. Rancid are uh, uh, a loud band, but the, the the album this came out is, is one that broke them. It's called Out Come the Wolves. And it's 25 years old this year. They tour constantly. And if they're not touring as Rancid, they've got offshoot bands, the Transplants, Old Firm, Casuals. So for whatever reason, uh, their loved ones must never see them because they're on the road all the time under different guises. But this is uh, off their first album. It's the, the favourite track for me, uh, Avenue Snally. Brother gets brother, should be singing with the group. The city's burning, yeah, it's screaming black and blue The power and the passion of a million Okay, that was the Future Heads and Decent Days and Nights. Now, the reason I chose that was when I first heard it, it reminded me of XTC from their first couple of albums. Very quirky, jumpy. I just, I just loved it uh, straight away. Went out, bought the album, the first album called The Future Heads, and just played it to the point I now can't listen to it anymore because I'm sick of it. <laughs> they're really that bad, but um, they, they were just brilliant. I went to see them play. They, they might well have played before I got into them in Cardiff. If they did, they would have been a smaller venue. But they were supporting the Zootons ah, yeah, in the, the Zootons, uni. Yeah. So I bought a ticket. I went along, watched them doing the support act, and went home. I didn't bother to stay with the Zootons. And I've seen them a number of times over there because they came about, I guess, in about 2004, 2005. There was a kind of wave of British guitar bands, Franz Ferdinand, uh, Block Party, Kaiser Chiefs. They were in that wave. I suppose their, their, their most commercial track was they covered Kate Bush's Hounds of Love. Of course. Yeah. And so that, that got them into the top 10 
which they haven't come close to doing ever since. And they soldiered on. They recorded five albums in total. And the last one was totally a cappella, which was different. Yeah. I can't say it's my favourite one. whole album of a cappella. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then they split then because their lead singer, Barry Hyde, has been very open about it, but he's bipolar. Right. And he had some very debilitating and years where he, he wasn't himself and uh, things went badly wrong. But um, he's now... I don't think you get over it, but he certainly uh, at least got it under control. And they've reformed. They played the Globe. And I went down on my own because nobody else even knew who they were. Yeah. And they were absolutely brilliant. And uh, I just thought, this is why I loved them in the first place, you know. Yeah. From uh, 1991, Early Manics Next yeah. and Motown Junk, yeah. a single, I, I did my research, right. okay, okay. Uh, a single <laughs> that never appeared on an album no. until 20 years later on the yeah. National Treasures single album. Tell us about this track. Well, basically, the uh, like most uh, people who brought up in the 70s, I guess, I was uh, before the internet, before mobile phones, before everything like that. The only way you really knew if a band was on tour or something was being released was either the enemy, the sound, record mirror, disc yeah. or whatever. And I used to get uh, the enemy religiously read it all the way through, you know. And they were toting this band from Wales. And let's face it, we've been short over the years of rock bands from Wales. Yeah. They said that they were the new Clash which obviously spiked my interest straight away. They, at the time, hadn't been signed by a major. They'd had one uh, single out in their own right, and they'd had a flexi-disc. That was all. And then a company called Heavenly, a record company called Heavenly, gave him a short-term deal. My brother-in-law bought the single, and he said, oh, I think you'd like this. And he gave it to me, and I've never given it back. So <laughs> um, I owe him a single, and it was just that they were raucous, they were snotty. The first time I saw them live, uh, Cardiff Uni, they were in what was called the Hanging Gardens, which is now the Solus or whatever, the, a Plas or whatever. Its name changes constantly. There weren't many people there. They strode on stage as if they were at Wembley. They never spoke to the crowd. They didn't play any encores, and they just bashed it out. And this was their single at the time, which you would have thought they'd keep to the end but they started with it just because they wanted to be different and so it, 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 they make a racket uh, I, I've got to say my love affair with them is somewhat cooled but in the early days I was besotted with them went all over the country to watch them and this kind of represents those kind of early rock and roll punk rock years Was there uh, always music at home growing up? Not really, no, no. Um, I'm a, a single child, so an right. only child, yeah. I should say. Um, so maybe I, I entertain myself. We had a piano in our house, which my mother could play, but I can't, so I've got no musical ability whatsoever, as people who listen to the programme will, will uh, probably say. No, not really. Uh, my father was quite older than my mum. He sadly passed away when I was 13, so I didn't have, you know, I didn't get to know him as man to man kind of thing. But he certainly had no, um, I'm aware of. He sang in the choir, so uh, I don't think that's rubbed off on me. No. Um, and uh, no, I just, I kind of, uh, going back to that T Rex, you know, Top of the Pops was, you know, where I saw my window to the musical world, really. And uh, just kind of watching these bands. Um, at the beginning of glam rock, I just thinking this is fantastic, yeah. you know, because uh, it was all fresh and new to me. Um, so no, there was uh, really, and I think that I should have progressed, I should have matured, but as it's patently obvious by the tracks I picked, that I've, I've gone nowhere really. Your eighth choice yeah. on this edition of yeah. music was my first love is 
a bit left field compared to everything else yeah. on your list. Good vibrations for the Beach Boys. Yeah, um, I think that's uh, going back, actually touching on what we were just saying. Uh, when my dad died, my uncle kind of looked after me. He was the first person who bought me a portable record player. All right, so I could buy my own stuff. Hallelujah. And it came with four free albums. To, to, they're just part of the deal. Yeah. They were great Western themes, great war themes, the New Seekers' greatest hits, and the Beach Boys' greatest <laughs> hits. So three of them were immediately discarded yeah. behind the cupboard, <laughs> never to be seen again. And because it was the only, the only album, the only record I had of any description, I used to play the Beach Boys over and over again. And I guess I've always had a soft spot for them, Brian Wilson being a musical genius. Yeah. Although I did see him in Bristol... Uh, about six or seven years ago, and uh, it's quite well documented his troubles. Yeah. But he can still hold a note, but he is very reliant on the musicians around him. And then last year, was it the year before, I went to see the Beach Boys at the CIA, something that I thought I'd never do, given that there are no Wilson brothers in it. But in fairness to Mike Love and Al Jardine, they were on stage for two and a half hours. They did 51 songs. We're not talking like a, uh, a kind of a bit, you know, no. 51 songs from start to finish Gee. and uh, they must be in the mid 70s yeah. and i thought good on you boys <laughs> so um i truthfully picked this uh, primarily as a nod i guess to my family to my my uncle he's long since gone love him rest in peace it, it was a great it, it was kind of if anything started me into music maybe not into rock music but into music in general it was the beach boys and what better than good vibrations i'm picking up good vibrations she's giving me the I know how much you enjoy presenting your show. Not only have I listened, uh, but when I was training with Celtic Gals, of course, she used to follow us. But yeah. for you, I know that volunteering with RG is not just about presenting a two-hour show uh, every other week, is it? Because I know you also love the camaraderie and the fundraising. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, that's an integral part of, of Radio Glamorgan. We're all self-funded. None of this equipment gets bought unless we find some money from somewhere. Yeah. And what I do enjoy is we do the periodic bucket collections and uh, it's just um, stories that people are willing to share with effectively a stranger because they know you're doing something for the Heath Hospital. And sadly, I guess most people know either have either been in hospital themselves or know somebody who's been yeah. in hospital. And I find it quite moving, actually, and touching at times when people tell me what problems they've encountered or how hopefully uh, things are now back on the straight and narrow. So from that point of view, I enjoy that equally as much as doing the show, you know, yeah. um, just, to, just to know that hopefully what we're doing is of good to somebody somewhere. Your penultimate choice yeah. is a track from Liverpool band Apollo. Is it 440 or 440? 440. 440. Yeah. Tell us, if you will, about both the band and the chosen track. Right, okay. The reason I kind of got into them was uh, going back to my love of the Manics. When their fourth album came out, the one that really kind of pushed them to the fore with Design for Life being a single. They, in those days, to get into the charts, obviously it was based on sales rather than nowadays plays on Spotify and mm. what have you. And so what bands used to do is they would release a single and then they, two weeks later, release it in another format in the sense it would have a different B-side or it would have other tracks on it. Mm. And that's what the Manics did. Um, and what they were doing was getting an act to remix on a kind of almost dance feel 
um, the, the tracks for like Australia, Design for Life, Everything Must Go. And I started to listen to these and it wouldn't have been something I normally would have listened to. I've got to be honest, but I started to enjoy them, you know, as a difference from uh, being so different from hearing the original tracks. And that was a band called uh, or they were they were credited to the Sonic Stealth Orchestra. So I did a bit of digging and Sonic Stealth Orchestra is actually a pseudonym for Apollo 440. Right. If you're still with me. Yeah, yeah. Right. OK. And so then I found that Apollo 440 had their own albums in their own right. They had just done the soundtrack for Lost in Space. I took my son, who at the time probably was about seven, and we went along on our... It was a Saturday afternoon. There was hardly anybody in the cinema. Probably shows the commercial success, success mm. of the film. And we sat there. He was transfixed because it was all on the big screen and everything like that. And I just loved the music that went with it. So... But I also picked it because I guess like everybody you'll have on your show, they'll all, I think the stock line is that if you ask me in a month's time, there'll be different tracks yeah. or something like that. And I, I, I think that would probably be correct to a certain degree. But um, for me, the bands would almost certainly be the same or, 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 or pretty much the same. But Apollo 440 are a band I dip in and out of. And so what I thought I'd do, if, if you'll yeah. bear with me, indulge me, is I, I wrote down a list of other bands I could have picked as the ninth track, and I'll read them very quickly. Right? Okay. So it could have been Stiff Little Fingers, The Ruts, Cockney Rejects, Undertones, Adam and the Ants, Zig Zig Sputnik, Human League, Smash These Animal Men, Stone Roses, Morrissey, 60 Foot Dolls, Supergrass, M, Baseball Bat, The Alarm, Ordinary Boys, Green Day, Blick 182, UK Serves Oasis, The Skids, The Dickies, Johnny Panic, The Enemy, The Cortinas, Ash, Cox Barrow, Glass Vegas, The Ramones, Downtown Struts, Guida, Teenage Bottle Rockets, A Place to Bury Strangers, Viv Albertine, Peter Hook of the Light, Wheatus, The Rolling Stone, Flats, Public Image Limited, All the Young, The Vax, Scenes, TV Smith or the adverts, but in the end, I picked the follow four four. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Stop the rock. Your tenth and final choice, mm. a band who I featured a few times on the night train and who I know you're a huge fan of, yeah. and that's The Clash. This is very early Clash from 77, yeah, but yeah. was only on the US version of their first album. They were a bit uh, pedantic about re- re- releasing stuff, and in fact this is a prime example because um, on the first album there was a track called Remote Control, and without their say-so, the, the record label released it as a single. So they went into the studio because they were miffed about it they didn't want it released and they they recorded complete control which is the track you're about to play and that was their kind of answer if you listen to the lyrics saying about the record label basically telling them one thing and then doing something else because they were always quite rebellious and i don't know they were they were they were political obviously quite political in what they did and they they weren't joe strummer the lead singer was quite happy to speak his mind maybe that didn't do their career so much good but I think that they've universally for people of my age um, who like that punk, new wave, rock music, they'll always have a place simply because unlike some of the uh, punk bands who frankly couldn't play their instruments, um, The Clash, uh, at the beginning, they were a bit uh, rudimentary. But as they went on, they became accomplished musicians. Yeah. They eventually broke America in a big way, ending with, uh, effectively, I suppose, their, their greatest moment uh, supporting The Who at Chase Stadium, belatedly getting a number one in Britain with Should I Stay or Should I Go, but largely because it was used in a, a jeans commercial. But um, I just, as I said, uh, with XTC, the, the two bands that really were close to my heart back in the late 70s were, obviously, XTC and The Clash, and all the, all the tracks and there are a number of tracks I could have picked 
this was the one that kind of stood out for me as kind of epitomizing what they stood for and their their rebellious attitude i did some research on this track yeah. uh now i read this bit on wikipedia so okay it's bound to be true then yeah. um that this this song that we're going to play complete yeah. control is regarded as one of punk's greatest singles it is yeah it's um it, it, it's invariably uh put in the top 10 certainly british tracks yeah. um and it which is which is odd really because it didn't have a great impact chart wise when you think of sex pistols or nearly all of their their singles went into the charts it might have been because of notoriety i appreciate that rather yeah. musicianship and and the clash you know i fought the law etc troubled the scorer kind of thing whereas complete controls kind of slipped under the radar a bit but i think it was just uh they went into the studio as, as four angry young men because what they perceived the record label had done to them and in a matter of hours had blasted this out and it kind of epitomizes not only them but that scene at the time you uh enjoy being part of radio glamorgan don't you, i do i do enjoy it yeah there's um i said before it's it, it panders to the egotist in us all i guess to a certain degree but um the you know there are a lot of very very good people i exclude you andrew from Thanks, that obviously mate, uh, <laughs> <Rachel> <laughs> Morgan. but uh we're all at the end of the day volunteering our own time and sometimes that's not, not as easy as it sounds when you know other things are, you know, are there family friends social events but where where i can i'll always do my show every other thursday enjoy the camaraderie that goes with doing the show and as i said before also meeting people when you do a bucket collection social events as well Thanks for coming in, Rob. No, thank you. Man. You've been listening to Music Was My First Love on Radio Glamorgan, where volunteer Rob Jones has been choosing ten of his favourite tracks. I'm Andrew Wolfe, and join me again soon when another Radio Glamorgan volunteer chooses their favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love.